Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina. If you follow my ministry, you know I am passionate about reviving and uniting the body of Christ in order to fulfill the Great Commission with extravagant love for one another and for a hurting world. I invite you today to join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and best of all, your testimonies of God's goodness in your lives. Thank you for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I am so happy to have you with me here today. I've got an amazing treat for you. I've got a wonderful woman of God on the line. Her name is Colleen Fabling, and she is the founder of Resurrection Ministries. Thank you. Colleen, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, we, uh, Christina Prayer Ministries has been partnering with you uh, for the grocery outreach, uh, I guess so we started sometime in back in 2019. Back then, you guys were known as Resurrection Disaster Relief, but now you've changed it over to Resurrection Ministries, which, you know, honestly, this whole pandemic and the Lord has really been shifting all of us. And, you know, I, n- I know that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of listening to his heart and kind of going with his flow. Tell me, um, sure. tell me, how did you get started in that grocery outreach? So um, at the beginning of 2020, it was really kind of crazy because our ministry is focused on or had been focused on doing home repair and um, rebuilding um, from natural disasters or just families that were in need, like widows or elderly couples that had leaking roofs or bathrooms that were falling in. And when um, the pandemic hit, we we really had to reevaluate what ministry looked like because a lot of our families are elderly and a lot of our volunteers that were working on these home repair projects are elderly as well. And so we had to put a pause on our home repair projects. And that was really challenging for me because I'm a doer and a server. And so it you know, I couldn't just sit on my hands and wait, um, even though that's there's seasons where the Lord asks us to wait and be still. Um, that was a season for me of like, God, what what can I do? And it was really a, an interesting but a sweet time um, for me with the Lord. Um, and through that time, he took me to um, John 15 which says that um, apart from him, we can do nothing. And it just reminded me that, um, you know, if we're not abiding um, deeply, then we're not going to know uh, what his heart is and where he wants us to flow in ministry and in serving. And so I spent a lot of time abiding um, and trying to discern what it was that he had for the ministry in that season. And that's where I got the vision for grocery outreach, because there's families in need and um, individuals that had lost their jobs or families. And so um, I called up a couple people and I said, how about we, how about we just see if we can, you know, see if we can some deliver some groceries. And our first round, we set out to serve a hundred families and we ended up serving 106. And then by round two, 
we ended up serving 250 families in the greater Richmond area with a week's worth of groceries completely free. Wow, that is so amazing. I love that. You know, and I love that, um, you know, this, this last season that we were in, it required so many of us in ministry to lean in and press into the heart of God and really hear what he was saying. And um, I love that in ministry, we get to do that. We get to partner with him. And I love what you said about abiding. You know, I think it's easy to kind of get started off in ministry and, you know, maybe we're we're doing what the Lord has called us to do, but then maybe he shifts the vision Mm -hmm. and uh, it takes courage to shift with him. And uh, I love that. Yes, it totally does. It, yes. And, you know, I, I just applaud you for that. And and I applaud all of us leaders out there who are leaning in, listening and trying to shift with him. You know, I, I, I'm so thankful that for what we get to do in ministry. But I know as a leader, like, I never want to do anything that's not the heart of God. I always talk about there's a good thing and then there's a God mm. thing. And it's easy to get caught up in the good things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very you know? easy. And it's it's nice to be needed and busy. But if it's not of him and it's not what he's called you to, then that's something he showed me this last year. Then, then there's no eternal impact or purpose towards it, um, which is huge. You know, if we're not doing it out of an abundance of abiding with him, then it's missing his power and his, you know, hand on it. And that should make us stop in our tracks and ask him, are you asking me to do this or am I doing it because it's a good thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. I love, I love that you mentioned that. And I, you, you said it doesn't have an, an eternal significance on it. And I think just learning to live, live from the point of a eternal significance like, what are we doing in ministry? Like, is what we're doing having an impact and having an eternal significance? And you can't always tell from the mm-hmm. numbers. You know, I know when I first started out in ministry, we would do gospel events and we still do them. But, you know, COVID kind of shifted things around. But, you know, it's easy to get kind of focused on the numbers. But if you have that one interaction with one person, it may have such an eternal significance versus having, you know, a number significance. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I've said that, um, you know, throughout this whole past year, you know, we weren't, we weren't able to have events like we knew them before. Um, But we, we started focusing on discipleship and really training anyone that was around us or serving, you know, that we were leading in gospel in the gospel truth and making sure that everyone understood the gospel and knew that because if, if we disciple one or two people, they're going to disciple one or two people or, or more. Um, and we're making an impact versus having an event where we can get in front of a crowd. Those are wonderful. But when we do one-on-one deep discipleship, we will change our community and we will um, have eternal impact. It's, it's beautiful. It's happened in my life and it's happened in people that I've discipled. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing to witness and to experience the heart of God, the heart of the father, as we love one another um, and make sure that we live out Mm -hmm. and, and, and experience the gospel truth, the power of it. 
You know, I, I was so encouraged when I was reading your your website, and we have such a similar vision and such a similar heart. And I found you saying some of the same <laughs> things I say about unity and how powerful we are together. And I thought, oh, how fun. This is going to be a fun yeah. conversation, God. So, you know, I really believe that we are so powerful together when we work together, when we come together. And and I uh, completely agree with you that it's so important to make sure that we have a good foundation in our volunteers and a good foundation understanding of the gospel. And I've found that like, you know, when I've had volunteers, I've found that that's really been mm-hmm. lacking in them. How have you how have you been combating that in your volunteers? Yeah, isn't it surprising how people will come to to serve at you know at an event that's faith-based and we we see that there's a lacking of understanding or knowledge for the true beauty of the gospel and how it's transformed every Christian. Um, that just ha- has started to blow mm-hmm. my mind in the last several years. Um, so one of the ways that we have been combating it is to do a gospel training. And this has looked, you know, different here and there because of COVID. Um, but one of the outreaches that we had, we were able to take like 30 minutes before we went out and delivered the groceries and really pour into our volunteers and give a very um, basic but like hands-on visual of what the gospel is and what, you know, taking life and death in our hearts and what Christ did for us and, you know, helping people see that and and express that and understand what their testimony was and then asking them to share it with their neighbors so the person that was sitting next to them and one of the ways we did that was we said um you know what are two words that you think of you know when you think of your past and i, I know for example um i would have said anger and uh perfection and um, then we said, you know, when we encounter Christ, he completely redeems those things. And so anger for me turned to joy, for example. And I have a deep, deep joy where, you know, the anger before came from things that were out of hand or people that would hurt me or family stress that was causing division or things like that. And now like those things are still painful, um, you know, cause they're not completely restored, but I have joy in Christ knowing that my eternity set, my soul is secure in him. He gives me strength to love um, others. Well, he gives me um, his word to encourage me and, and to walk me through those rocky places. And so that's one example of how my life has come from death to life. And I can share that with others. And so when I encounter somebody else who might be struggling with, let's say, drug or alcohol addiction that I've not experienced, um, I can't connect on that level, but I can connect with masking anger. I can connect with trying to find the answers and being so um so wrapped up in the issues of this life um, apart from Jesus. And I can share with them what it means to walk in joy. And so it was a tool that we used to, to help people realize that it's not scary to share the gospel. It's, it's really just understanding where Jesus has taken you, 
um, and how you can connect with others, even if you've never experienced the same thing that they've experienced. And it's been really beautiful and effective. And, um, you know, honestly, teaching others to see it has helped me see it, um, you know, in everyday life. And it's just all around. I've been so grateful for, honestly, the pandemic because of how it's made us shift and refocus and, you know, really just uh, make sure that that people we encounter and people that we lead understand the gospel and understand how to share it well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you said you're, you're thankful for that shift. And, you know, I too feel the same way. You know, I'm doing things now that I never thought I would be doing and using other ways to disciple people. And you're right. It you know that whole aspect of bringing in volunteers has blown my mind as well. Um, and I love the exercises that you're doing. You know, when we do like street teams, we often tell people to establish that heart connection first. You know, it's it's not so much about evangelism as it is connecting with people. And I think sometimes we can get really lost in like a religious mindset, oh, I have to go out and tell people about Jesus when really like one of the most effective ways to tell people about Jesus is to tell where he's brought you from, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and to connect on such a a deep, heartfelt, meaningful level. Yes. People, it's, you know, when we're trying to minister to people that don't know Christ at all, it's important for them to know that we were once broken and we were once searching for the answers as well. And to be able to share with fresh passion where he's brought us from and where he's still healing the dark places in our, in our hearts is so, it's so good for hurting people to hear or for searching people to hear because it allows them to, you know, say, I want that joy. I want that peace that you have. And I see that you're explaining to me that it's possible, you know, that you've been where I've been or you felt things Mm -hmm. I've felt. Um, And it makes it makes it. I mean, I remember when I was not a believer yet, literally, I would count I would encounter those people and I literally would walk away thinking, I want that like. I really want what they have. Mm. I want to be able to joyfully say that Jesus has helped me overcome or Jesus gives me joy in this mud (laughs) that I'm, you know, rolling around in because of, you know, living in a broken world. Um, And it's still today. It's still, there's people, you know, in my life that I continually, you know, sit under their leadership and in the mentorship. And I just think, I want more of Jesus because of what I see um, in your life and in your heart and your passion mm-hmm. for him. I love that so much. You know, I, it's it's all about Jesus. And I'm, I'm so thankful that he is such a tender and compassionate and loving Savior. And he takes the most difficult things in our lives and he makes them beautiful because that's what he does. You know, and I, I think it's important, like, that you know, we acknowledge that we live in this broken, broken world. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said um, that, uh, 
that they see where you've come from and they see what you now now have with him. And I think it's beautiful because we all come from the same place. It doesn't matter whether you grew up in a Christian family or, you know, a um, unbelieving family. It doesn't matter whether you grew up under a bridge or in a million dollar house. Mm -hmm. He's the same Jesus for all of us. Yeah. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. And so we always have something to give. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about sharing our faith is that we don't have anything to give. We don't have anything to say. But if you have a history with God, you have something to say. You have Mm. something to give. That's so good. Can you tell me, um, is your ministry a place for the whole family to serve together? Yes. (laughs) To put it um, very bluntly, yes. We love when the whole family serves together, um, you know, because of how it expanded, I think that families are more, um, open to coming and serving now because, you know, before I would tell everyone, bring your three-year-old, you know, we'll teach them, we'll give them something to do. We can rake or, you know, they can swing a hammer. Um, I love teaching younger people that they have something to offer to the kingdom. Um, but now with the grocery outreach, it really, really is, um, a place where moms are more open to bringing their little ones or um, you can be 80 or eight months old. It doesn't matter. We want you to come and serve, um, you know, with grocery outreach. Our youngest volunteer last time was two and a half and she was packing bags and putting mac and cheese in, you know, all the baggies for the families and carrying them with the help of her mom. And it was really, really precious to see her genuinely serving with childlike faith and it was it was beautiful so yes we are a ministry where you can come and serve no matter how old or how young you are um, and make an impact in our in our city for the kingdom I love that so much you know I you know I'm such a person who believes that everybody is valuable Mm -hmm. and um, you know I love it when I see the kids come in fact we had a couple of kids they came uh, when you guys met us at uh, Virginia Supportive Housing on the last grocery outreach, there was two little kids who were helping unload the truck, and they were the most precious things. They oh were my actually God. my they niece and nephew. So so sweet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's so I think fun. Your sister who was there. It's t- yes, it's yeah. so fun that my family <laughs> serves with an eye me. On them. I just love having you know living near my family and being able to serve with them. It's it's such an answer to prayer and a beautiful thing for me that God is allowing us to serve and, and build the kingdom, you know, together. It's it's really precious. So if anyone is questioning whether they should bring their niece and nephew or your little kids, like I do it myself. You know, I I love pouring into the younger generation. Yeah. It's so important. So bring them on. It is. Absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes when we do ministry events, we bring our daughter, Isabella, and uh, it's so powerful. I love, you know, before COVID, we would bring her a lot. And, um, you know, I really, it was important to me as a mom. And like you said, too, it was important to me as a ministry family. And, uh, you know, I think it is really powerful when you get to do it together. You know, and it's something that I try to instill in her is, um, you know, thinking about other people and, you know, helping other people right where they are. And uh, I think that's really important to get our kids involved in that. Um, Absolutely. 
you know, and and I just believe like ra- raising the next generation to to look beyond the four walls of their house and to see their neighbors and to see the people down the street who maybe don't look like them or, you know, who maybe don't go to the same school. You know, I think that's really, really important as a mom, as a parent, as, as, um, as churches, you know? Absolutely. I I just want to share this one um, thing that we don't talk about a whole lot when it comes to grocery outreach, but I think it's important. um, So I'll share it. But one of the things that um, has been really neat for me to help disciple, um, they're just, uh, it's a community of people that are just, some of them are my age and some of them are just younger. They're like between, you know, 26 and 18. And they love to serve with us through grocery outreach. And one of the things that um, I've learned is important to disciple and encourage people in is praying for the Holy Spirit to lead you. And um, one of the ways that we've done that is every round we have set families that um, that we deliver groceries to. The families change every time. Some of them are repeats and some of them are, um, you know, families that are new. But we never know if it's going to be the exact same list, I guess I should say. And um, in, in the last several rounds, we've had a couple extra sets of groceries. And, um, and so we gave those to that um, group of young people and um, told them, we want you to pray about where the Lord would have you deliver these groceries. We're not going to give you any leads. Just pray and ask God um, where they need to go and then listen. And the stories that they have come back with are just incredible, are like amazing where the Lord, the Holy Spirit has literally led them to a home that, you know, allowed them to have a conversation um, with the people living there or with the neighbor and share the gospel um, or reconnect with um, someone that used to watch them growing up and, and show them that they are on fire for the Lord now as an adult. And just, just so, so cool how God has um, been not only discipling and sharing the gospel, but in, in leading them by his spirit and growing their understanding when he speaks has been so cool. Um, and it's a, it's a unique thing that you might not expect, you know, when you go serve at a grocery outreach ministry that, you know, you would be praying for the Lord to lead you to a home that you have no address, no phone number, no name, and you just have to follow him and then see what he has in store for you. It's been really, really beautiful. Oh, I love that so much. How cool. I, you know, uh, letting, letting the Holy Spirit lead us and really allowing him to move through us is something that is really important to me and to my ministry. And I absolutely love that you guys do that. How fun. Is there one particular story that you'd like to share maybe? Our, our, I think our listeners would really like to hear that. Yeah, one of the homes um, that the Lord led the, the, the group to was a group home in Richmond of a lot of mentally challenged adults. And it just opened this door wide open for us to take groceries back to them again, which is actually very cool. 
Um, but it's a ministry. I think it's a business slash ministry. I, I don't even know the name. I've just heard like the passion and excitement of like the families lit that were or the the people that were running it literally being lit up. You know, their eyes lit up. Like God led you here. You know. Um, and then being so in awe of the fact that they needed food, you know, they needed groceries and the, and the Lord leading them there. And, um, you know, a whole big batch of groceries being delivered to the front porch, um, for, you know, this house in Richmond with people that really needed to see that God cares for them and knows them and loves them individually mm -hmm. has been really just amazing and beautiful to see. That is, that is so cool. I, I absolutely love that. You know, isn't that exactly what all of ministry is, is demonstrating that God sees, God knows, and God loves. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely the, the crux of ministry yeah. right there. I actually have a story that I would love to share that might be more, um, impactful because it was personal to impactful than the last one I just shared because it was personal to me. Um, and it was, um, you know, it's, it's always better when you have like a personal thing that the Lord showed you in it. So, um, one of the, the things that we did when we first started this grocery outreach was I prayed for God to tell me what needed to be on the list of groceries. And, um, so I spent, you know, a couple of days praying over it and making some different um, lists. And um, it was really specific what we put on there, like two loaves of bread and peanut butter and jelly and so on and so on. And so, uh, I, you know, I made the list and I ordered it. And um, there was a single mom that was on the list and uh, she did not know that she had been nominated. So it was a complete surprise to her that she was getting groceries, but, um, Friday night, she still had no idea all of this was happening. And she came home from work and she has two kids and she walked in the door and, um, she had to go drop her kids off at their dad's. And then she came home and realized that the, the fridge and the cupboard were empty. And she just had a conversation with the Lord and, and she said, you know, God, um, I can do this, but it's just one more thing. That's a weight on my plate. Um, you know, it's, I have to fill these cupboards. I have joy in filling the cupboards for my kids, but it's, it's just a lot, you know, it's just really real conversation, raw being with Jesus. And, um, then she made a list of everything that she needed to get at the grocery store. And the next morning she got up and she went to work. And while she was on her way to work, she got a phone call from one of our volunteers telling her that they were delivering groceries and she'd been nominated. Um, by one of the community members to receive groceries and they were going to be on her front porch. Well, when she got home, she opened up the bags and every single thing that she wrote down on her grocery list on Friday night when she had no idea what was coming in the morning was on her front porch. Down to the specific brand of cookies to the specific um, veggies that her son, the only veggies her son will eat. 
and it just blew my mind. She she said, I, I struggled to reach out and tell you this story because I, you know, pride makes it hard to share when you're in need. But God has shown me that he knows me and sees me and I have to I have to praise him and give him glory. And I want you to know, like I made a very specific oh. list after praying through it, and that was her specific list. Which is just insane wow, that God that is would do so that. So cool. Yeah. It was it was really incredible. Wow, that is oh my goodness. I absolutely love that. And in that moment, God was demonstrating to her, I see you and I know you and I hear you. That's and exactly how powerful what we is prayed. that. I yes. And you know, I think that's it's important to give groceries, but that that power right there of God saying, I saw your grocery grocery list. And then I told my daughter over here on the other side of Richmond that you needed that. Mm-hmm. And she put that together and delivered it to you is <laughs> just so powerful. I mean, it just it breaks down those like walls of unbelief in our minds. You know, it breaks down like that that hardness that we get from living in this world. You know, and you know, it's easy to go by what we see in the natural and forget that we have a loving, beautiful God who sees every single detail of our lives. Yeah. You know. But but sometimes, you know, God has a way of breaking through and I I I'm with you. I think it's so important to be led by the Holy Spirit just for that reason. It it is so worth it to ask him for understanding and ask him for his spirit to lead you because that is when the power of his spirit and the power of the gospel changes our lives and then it changes those that we disciple and then it changes our family and and it changes our our churches and our community and our city and um as believers it's so important to to seek that and to to want that because um i mean i've been reading the book of acts recently and the power of the holy spirit is what brings hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus, to the answer for any struggle, any pain, any heartbreak or hurt. Um, the answer is Jesus. And it is by the the work and the power of the Holy Spirit that people come to know him. And so as ministry leaders, it's so important that we recognize that and realize that like we talked in the beginning, it's not just doing good things. It's doing things by the power of the Holy Spirit that will change lives and that will have eternal impact. Amen. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's so good. You know, and it's such a pleasure and an honor and such a joy. I know that when you got that testimony, I bet you were just, wow, just blown away, you know, and and that, you know, that. I cried. (laughs) (laughs) I probably would have cried too. But um, yes, it was yeah, just what I needed at the end of a long you day. You know, and I often talk about that, you know, as a ministry leader, you know, I think sometimes like those are the stories that like I live for, you know, those are the things that make all of the work worth it. Because let's be honest, real ministry is work. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times when I sit down and I write and I do 
Facebook posts or I, I do things and all of it is led by God, but it is still work. But then you get that testimony where mm-hmm. God moved and it's like, oh, it was worth it, you know? It's all worth it. Yeah. It is. It, we need it. We need to see the glory. Oh, a good friend of mine uh, makes me choke up. She always says, look for the glory. Mm-hmm. And whew, it, it really does make me emotional because thinking about life is really challenging and hard. And if we try and do it apart from Jesus, we will not make it. And as ministry leaders, we really are disciples of him and we're followers of mm-hmm. him. And if we can remind ourselves to look for the glory, it is so worth it. And it fuels our faith and our passion to keep on doing it and to keep on teaching people to look for the glory Absolutely. and the glory in him, you know, look for where he's working, showing up and, and doing things that only he can do. Mm-hmm. I, I love seeing the things that only he can do. It just brings me so much joy, you know, and in hard seasons, mm-hmm. because when the Lord asks us, you know, we give him our yes, but you know, Colleen, that yes gets tested. There's obstacles that we face, like, like when, mm-hmm. like, you know, when we faced COVID and shifting, shifting and listening to the heart of God and how he wanted to do things differently, you know, but we, it, 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 it requires such, um, listening and and looking for what he wants to do and listening to that looking for the glory yeah absolutely it it is the the way that i think we've all grown i think i can speak for all leaders in ministry is that you know we have had to press in deeply to listen to the heart of the lord and to, to be right there um, as close to him as possible, because then we're able to follow when everything shifted and twisted and turned. And, um, you know, I can say confidently in my own life, I would do it again for what it brought me in my relationship with the Lord and the closeness and how I've seen it change others. Um, you know, that's awesome. The, the world and, and the enemy can try and throw anything at us. Um, but ultimately, you know, the, the Lords are going to become closer to him. The, the way that we press into the Lord fuels our passion and faith, even in trials. Absolutely. It absolutely does. You know, and I think that's important to talk about, you know, when we give him our yes, we say yes to everything. You know, it isn't yes. It isn't just yes mm-hmm. to the mountain. It's yes to the valley, you know. One of my favorite old songs, uh, it's one of my favorite songs from way back, you know, old gospel is uh, the lyrics go, the God of the mountain is still God in the Mm -hmm. valley. And it's really beautiful reminder because we will go through valleys and trials as as believers, but we have to remember that the God that is the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. He is faithful. He doesn't change. And we can rest in that. And it's really important to be real and to teach others that as we walk through this life as leaders or moms or sisters or business owners, whatever he's given us to do to, to, to reflect how faithful God is in all seasons. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And thank you so much for, you know, speaking that into our ministry leaders who are listening. So if you're a ministry leader out there and maybe you're in the midst of a valley right now, you know, Colleen, I love that you mentioned being honest with Jesus. You know, we can always we can always tell him how we're feeling. We can always tell him what we're seeing. But then we get his word and we get his heart and we get up from there, you know, and we go forth. Mm -hmm. You know, what else would you encourage our listeners to do if they are in a similar situation that like you faced? One of the things that's been vital to me in ministry is to ask for the Lord to show me people that have gone before me and then, you know, whether they're older than me or, um, you know, have been through similar ministry or similar situation um, and get really uh, close up next to them and spend as much time with them as you can, you know, whether it's coffee or dinner um, and and learn to listen well, ask good questions. Um, But but ask the Lord to open those doors. Ask the Lord to open your eyes to see who those people are and then make it a priority because there is there's an amazing gift in sitting under the mentorship of someone who's gone before you and understands what it is you're walking through and understands what it means to desperately listen for the voice of God in certain situations and uh, I think it's something that we miss a lot of times, um, you know, when we just try and figure things out by ourselves or we we can't overcome, honestly, our pride to ask for help. Um, we, we would do well to sit under mentorship more often for people who have gone before. Oh, that's so good. I love that. You're right. There is such, such power in um, sitting under you know, people who've gone before us. And I I love that you said that. That's very powerful. Thank you so much for that. I know that's going to encourage a lot of people. So um, before we go, can you please tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you if they want to learn more about your ministry? Yes. Yeah. So we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, on Facebook, we're um, Resurrection Ministries, and we post um, our current projects that we're working on and ways that you can sign up and volunteer. We share God stories. And on Instagram, you can find us at rdr.serve. And um, that's the same, you know, things we share there, God stories and pictures of the work we're doing and the stories of the families we're ministering to. And then you can also go on our website, which is rdrserve.com, and you can find out more about all of our ministries that we have going on. I will share with you that we have some new ones that we're going to launch, hopefully in the next few months. I'm very excited about God opening those doors. So keep an eye out and watch the website so you can see how you can get involved. Um, there's grocery outreach and home repair ministry and um, then some new ones coming. So um, you know, feel free to reach out. You can email us through the website and if you need help or if you know someone that does need help, we would love to see if that's something that the Lord would allow us to do. Um, and yeah, any way that you can, um, you know, serve or help in the work that we're doing, 
um, we would love to have you. And just know if, if you, you know, want to, to be a part of the ministry, it can be financial, you can serve, um, and you can pray for us. Any of those ways are huge, huge to the work that we're doing. That's so great, Colleen. Can you tell our listeners when the next grocery outreach is coming up? Yes, our next grocery outreach is going to be May 22nd. And the week leading up to that, we have a couple different serving options. So Thursday um, during the day, we are setting up the church and packing groceries and unloading the trucks with all of the, the pallets of um, food on it. And um, then Thursday night we pack and all of this is listed on the website. But just to give you an idea, there's literally something for everyone to do. <laughs> and then um, the day of, which is on Saturday, the 22nd, you can help um, load up cars and load the groceries yourself. You can help traffic in the parking lot. There is um, just numerous ways that we can work together. So we would love to have anyone join us that wants to on Saturday, May 22nd for our fifth round. No, our sixth round of grocery. Awesome. Well, we will be there with you at Virginia's Supportive Housing. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. We are too. Awesome. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your heart with our listeners. And I know it's going to bless so many people. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And um, it's really been beautiful to do ministry with you. I, I hope you know how much we we love your, what you guys are doing and being a part of it in a small way through our grocery outreach. We know that you're doing really amazing kingdom work over there on that side of town. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful. Like, I really believe, you know, we are so powerful together and it's such an honor. I love working with, with you guys and with so many other members in the body of Christ. And I love it. It's so beautiful. God's doing something so amazing right now. He really is. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. If you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends. If you want more information on our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. We've got information on there about our events, blog posts, the Extravagant Love Store, and more. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Christina Pereira Ministries. Until then, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless you.